The following is recorded for Marine Creek Church. If you have any questions, feel free to visit our website at www.marinecreekchurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Pastor Matt, if this is your first time here, we're so glad you're here. Uh, it, there's a um, visitor card and information card in your worship guide. If you'd fill that out just to the level of your comfort, uh, we don't do anything weird with that. We just want to get some more information about us to you and and would love to start a dialogue about who we are. So we are going to uh, keep going in our foundation series. A year ago, we embarked on this spiritual journey of God just uh, preparing us for the next steps uh, in our ministry and as a church. And, and um, we launched a campaign called Foundations. And uh, at that time, it was just interesting because all we had was God saying, be ready. And I... Uh, I, could, I couldn't stand on this platform and tell you where we were going. And then this spring, a lot of things materialized, and we were able to say, this is where God's leading us. And uh, I told you that God leads with peace. Uh, we won't take any steps unless God is leading us and His peace goes before us. And I love what He says in Isaiah, that He goes before us, His peace leads us out. The mountains will become as level ground and the crooked paths will be made straight. And through this process, we've seen God just do incredible things um, and how he's brought relationship together, how he's brought two churches to a point of being able to cooperate and preserve identities and vision. And uh, last week, uh, we, or two weeks ago, we kicked off our one-year foundation's uh, anniversary, and we were able to kind of bring some things together on the vision, uh, understanding what our vision is as a church, what understanding what the vision for the house is. So we really needed to be able to see it before we could see it. And then last week, I showed you the renderings of, and some of the architectural drawings um, and the graphics of the new facility. And uh, just in case you weren't here, I will show you again this week. Uh, let's, let's throw this up. The first one is going to be the site plan, I think. Um, yes, this is the site plan. So uh, in the middle, there's seven acres total property. Um, this, and those of you who are new to the story, what happened is uh, when we launched the campaign, we had this idea of what, what God had planned for us. If you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans, right? Um, so we, we really believe God was saying, be ready. And we were trying to think through what the plan was of that preparedness. And in the spring, I'd been talking with a pastor, Pastor Steve Hinton from Heart Song Church. Uh, five years ago, they, they launched into a building program and they, they ran out of funds to finish the facility. Um, this building is a shell, sits on seven acres, and uh, there's foundation, there's plumbing stubbed, and it's uh, dried in, a high percentage of dried in facility. I was in there this week after the rain, and I say high percentage of dried in. Um, once you put, you could build, uh, you could take a hot, you could take a balloon that no water could permeate it. And once you write church on it, it's going <laughs> to leak somewhere. <laughs> I don't understand those things. That's a mystery of God. But <laughs> um, so... In conversation, we really started talking about identity and vision and future and, and what's God doing. And, and through those conversations came to a point of uh, what's happening in the agreements made this summer is Hartsung is going to be signing ownership of that property over to us, and we are going to be finishing it. And uh, we will have two services on Sunday morning, and to protect Hartsung and their identity and the vision God has given them as a church, uh, they're going to have a service on Sunday afternoon. So... It's really one location, two churches, two separate identities. Uh, we didn't want to get into mergers or anything like that, so we really wanted to keep our identities 
separate, our mission and our vision. And so uh, that's what materialized this summer. Uh, through, the, through the late summer and, and up to now, we are eyeball deep in process of contracts with attorneys, uh, banking paperwork, architectural drawings, and meetings with contractors. The meetings with contractors are easy, though. They just could tell you how much it is and tell you it's two weeks, and, and, and <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. Um, we have an incredible team of men and women uh, surrounding us on this process, from attorneys to bankers to architects to uh, even our contractor. They are all uh, godly men and godly women involved with this process. We can pray about these deals in every meeting we have. Um, so uh, what, what happens this time this year is as we celebrate the anniversary for foundations, what happens is we can, we can talk about last year God saying, be ready. And then God said, when you are ready, I will show it to you. And so as we began to prepare, God showed it to us this spring and brought things together. And so we can stand here at our year anniversary of a, of a really a three-year spiritual journey and say God has brought faith to sight, and we've, we're seeing things materialize. And um, we wanted to continue to bring awareness to our foundations campaign because I, I, I'm going to be completely and bluntly honest with you. I don't have to preach you out of your money. Um, we are uh, committing dollars to this campaign. And today, we're at the end of this service, we're going to make some commitments as families. If you opened your worship guide, you saw that card. I don't have to hide that. What you can do, if you would, just take that, put that under your seat, because I don't want you to be talking about that. Don't use that to make notes on throughout the, the teaching about where you're going for lunch. Um, use your worship guide for that. Um, and, and those of you who text, stay on you version. Don't use the text, man. Go old school. This is church. Write the note. Where are we going for lunch, honey? And she responds, where would you like to go? And thus, you are off and running. But what God really kind of shared with me at, through, the, through the campaign last year, through the, the series of foundations is whatever it is will be enough. And when we got into this process with, with Heartsong and meeting with the bankers, um, we have enough. And we are going to finance the, 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 the finish out of this building. I would love to not have to finance anything, um, but our our threshold, so you understand on our philosophy, if you will, on debt, we will not take on debt that will hinder ministry. I believe we can leverage things. Um, we have the opportunity. Our banker is helping us leverage some things, but we will not put ministry in jeopardy. If it means we've got to hold off on anything we do as a church that is the ministry, this is not a good deal. I don't care what the numbers look like. Um, we're, you're getting ready to get bombarded probably next week with the Northbrook Christmas Project. Um, we, we met with them this week, and they have more kids than they've ever had before that have need. Uh, there's going to be about 120 kids from Northbrook Elementary that, that we're going to supply Christmas for. If, if the numbers on this building look good on paper, but it hinders us as a church from taking care of Christmas for kids in our community, it's not a good deal. Are you tracking with me on that? Um, so that's our philosophy on the financial, financial piece of it. So uh, when we got into this, our architects um, kind of changed gears. They were, they were kind of gearing up for us to find property and build, and so they changed gears and, and basically played Jenga with square footage. It was pretty awesome, uh, pretty frustrating for them, pretty awesome for me to watch this process. So we came up with a site plan. Um, there's seven acres. This is over by the Saginaw Ball Fields, if you don't know where it's at. Um, I'm not going to show you the video that we showed big announcement because all y'all got motion sickness, and, you, you know, I just I got, I got beat up for that. But this is the parking lot. There's 100 spots planned for parking. Um, that's almost double what we have now. So those of you who have been parking in the field, thank you. God bless you. We love you. 
We appreciate you. Thank you for opening up space. Um, and this is going to provide space. Let's show the floor plan. Uh, the floor plan is going to provide space for a little more than double our seating capacity for the adult worship. It's going to provide for a uh, little more than double our capacity for the children's uh, area. Um, and so it's going to allow us as a church to do a couple things. Go back to two services, um, and still the church could more than, more than double inside. That's not the growth we're seeking. We want healthy growth. But here's what I love. We can go back to two services and kind of kind of regroup on some things. And so I love how God has, has led us through that process. So uh, this is the floor plan. We have lobby, uh, restrooms. I'm excited about that. I mean, you can kind of see all that. The platform, we were talking this morning during the band rehearsal. The, the platform square footage to give you some reference. And it's not that we want to have a giant platform, but the way the the way it works out on percentage of space, the platform in this worship center is almost as big as this rectangle for the worship center we have now. So if we start filling up that room, we're putting chairs on the stage, buddy. I know that I can get 80 chairs on that stage. So you don't think I'm, you think I'm joking. I'm not joking. Um, we'll have the upper level and the lower level. So, um, and there'll just be a price difference of maybe like $3 or $5. <laughs> service charge. Um, So that's the facility. Let me show you a couple of the artist renderings. I think the first one is the lobby space. Uh, um, This is the lobby space that we have planned. The entrance to the worship center on the right. The front doors are on the left. Um, And what what I love, some of the feedback last week were like, well, Pastor Matt, you said it was going to be functional. Like, I mean, don't, don't don't think like fancy stuff, think functional. Let me tell you, that's very functional. And, and I do believe that functional can be nice. It doesn't mean it needs to be extravagant. We're still called to be good stewards. Um, all that stuff is, is very functional, and, and y'all going to be in there painting and stuff. Um, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Uh, and then let's, let's share the worship center. The worship center, um, there's an artist rendering of it. Um, you can see there's a little bit more space than we have now. The uh, back walls uh, where you see the graphic, that's actually what's called an, uh, an environmental wall. Um, it'll be a, a kind of a flat gray color, and we can use projection to change the scenes for the room. And so um, that all the tech guys, they just salivate over that. They're like, sweet. Like, you know, I'm just like, um, we'll see. You know, that's kind of like you're seeing the Christmas catalog right now. We'll see if that's going to be like that when we get in there. Um, depends on how much a projector costs and uh, what said projector uh, needs to have to function with it. Because, you know, that's just not one of those batteries not included things. That's like another $10,000 not included things. Um, so we're, we're learning quite a bit. But that's all environmental, so we'll be able to kind of change that room uh, a, a little bit. If we're doing a women's event, we can change that for women's theming. And when we do ladies' day, uh, we can do whatever we want there, too, I guess. Um, so uh, that's, that's a picture. So... Um, that's going to take incredible amount of faith uh, to, to stand in a room like that. Um, but the goal is not to stand in a room like that. You know, the foundation's campaign is not a money campaign. It's a spiritual maturity campaign. It's walking in obedience, and it's calling us to, to a committed faith. Um, it, it, it means we've got to come together um, as God is moving and commit our faith completely and wholly to him. If you got your Bible, go to Hebrews chapter 11, and uh, we're going to talk about that. Um, it really, when you think about faith and you think about uh, moving along this journey, it really comes down to these three simple steps. I, let, me say, let me change that. 
not simple. These three steps, because I've learned in my life they're not very simple. It's hearing God, obeying God, and having the faith to walk it out. Now, a year ago, we heard God be prepared. Be prepared for what? Be prepared for a move. He, he was specific enough then. Okay, we heard you, God. Now what? Just obey me. Well, what are you telling us to do? Follow me. But what else, God? What else? What else? And then, you know, I don't understand why in the church world and in church circles and in the church, this idea of faith has become this great mystery. If you realize, when I read Scripture, there's a lot of mysteries surrounding God. There's a lot of awe and wonder surrounding our Savior. But God doesn't desire to keep Himself hidden from us. God says, I want the mystery and the awe and the wonder to inspire you to worship me, to bring glory to me. I don't want you to be in mystery so you can never understand who I am. And we make faith this whole, this, this mysterious concept that we figure out we've got to muster up or conjure up enough faith so God might do what we're hoping he'll do. And most of us, just at the basic level, here's what most of us want God to do. Show up. We, we, may, we may try to pray and muster up faith later about, well, God, heal me. God, I'm dealing with some stress here. God, I need a job. But, but here's the, the, the foundational thing that we try through our own humanity and even our own brokenness to muster up is to say, God, show me. Show me you. Show up. Let me know you exist. I, I remember as a teenager, I'd play this crazy game with God at night. I'd lay on my bed. I'm like, God, if you're real, just float me about four inches above the bed. God, if you're real, just like two inches. Just, man, if you'll just move the bed, you know, give me something. And I started praying, God, why, why are you desiring to keep yourself hidden from me? And, and honestly, you know, God said, you know, you want me to show up to jump through your hoops. Because, see, it's God raising me four inches off the bed. And then the next day, God, can you go six inches? God, can you go a foot? You can translate that to other areas of life. God, I, I really, can you give me a job? God, this job, these people are crazy. Can you give me a promotion? God, I thought promoting out and these people would be crazy. Can you give me a raise so at least the money will satisfy me dealing with these crazy people? God, the money's not cutting it, man. These people are crazy. And now when I go home, those people are crazy. There could be a common denominator there. I'm just saying. And it's, I'm, not, I'm not spiritualizing God as the common denominator in that. But we try to muster up faith, and, and faith is foundational. And Hebrews 11 is this, we call it the hall of faith. It's the commendation of men and women who lived by faith, who walked by faith, who submitted everything they are to God's plan for their life because they could hear God, they would obey Him, and they would walk it out. The good, the bad, the ugly. The interesting thing about Hebrews 11 is that that the original readers of this letter were tempted to go back into Judaism. They were were not able to see through faith, and they wanted to go back to those concrete elements of what they could understand, what they could get their minds around, what they could wrap their minds around. And, And think of it this way. Instead of walking on to maturity, they were tempted to go back into their past. 
I don't know if you've ever been that way. When, when you see a head and you can't, you can't get your mind around it or you can't understand why God is calling you on this journey or why God's asking you to do the things you do, and our temptation becomes to shirk back into things that are comfortable. And comfortable doesn't mean comfortable. Comfortable means things that are known. Look at the Israelite children. They're in the desert. They're wandering in the desert, and they would complain to Moses, why have you brought us out here in the desert to die? Uh, that, I'm, I'm speculating on the tone there, but I, if you've been around whiny kids, you understand what I'm talking about. At least in Egypt we could eat. You brought us out here to die. It's like on a road trip with your kids. We ever going to stop and eat? I want to go home. At least I get a grilled cheese sandwich. Our temptation is to always to go back to what is familiar, and we think it's comfortable. It's not necessarily comfortable. We do have a responsibility as Christ followers to honor our past, but we can't stay there. God calls us forward. He calls us to progress. He calls us to maturity. I mean, just as, just as our kids grow in a process of maturity, they, they begin to develop physically, then you hope they develop emotionally. You know, in about the adolescence phase, there's this struggle about maturity and having to grow up. And then you have to start making adult decisions and getting jobs and being able to say, well, I can't spend money on this because I need to put food on the... Those are all maturity decisions, and God calls us forward in that. And so... Um, how do we go forward? It is by faith. Let me read to you Hebrews um, 11. Let's talk about this. What is faith? Um, now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. So this, let me help you understand. This isn't a definition of faith. This isn't, you know, Webster pulling from Hebrews on defining what faith is. This is a description of what faith does and how faith works. When he says faith is the evidence of things unseen, faith isn't blind optimism. We can't manufacture this hope so feeling and think that's faith. Well, I'm just trying to grow my faith. Well, what you're trying to do is you're trying to work yourself up emotionally to think God's going to jump when you say jump. I read this def definition of faith. True faith is confident obedience to God's word in spite of circumstances and consequences. Last year when I stood on this platform and said, we're going forward, where are we going? I don't know. What does it look like? I don't know. I had people tell me I was crazy. But here's what I knew. I heard from God. And I'm not called to please people. I'm called to please the Lord. And amidst people, even some of my mentors and closest friends saying, I think you're crazy on this. I knew what God had called us to do. And at the end of the day, do I have confidence in what people are saying or do I have confidence in what God is saying? And I'm, am I going to walk it out? Am I going to be obedient to what God's called us to do as a church or I'm going to shirt back and go, you know what? Maybe they're right. Maybe this is a little crazy. Maybe I misunderstood God. Maybe I didn't hear God. Maybe I don't have faith enough to hear God. Maybe I just missed the point. No. 
True faith is confident obedience to follow what God says to do regardless of the circumstances or consequences. That's going to take you to some new levels of faith. So where does faith come from? Romans 10, 17, uh, Paul writes, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word of Christ. How do we hear? How does that, where does faith come from? It comes from hearing the message. How do we hear? By hearing by the word of Christ. So what is he talking about here? What Paul's talking about is divine communication. Not the voices inside your head, the Holy Spirit. He speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. He speaks to us through his word. We have a divine letter explaining who our father is. His character, his love for us, his desires for our life. And he speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's that still small voice. It's not Jiminy Cricket as your conscience. It's, you don't just give a little whistle. It's that still small voice that is going to lead you into truth. That the Holy Spirit desires to make the person and work of Jesus absolutely clear and to lead us into all truth, to be our comforter. And so that when we move through life, there's a discernment. We're reading God's word. We're reading the promises of God's word, and the Holy Spirit is moving us. You've heard me explain the, the, the being filled by the Holy Spirit and being continually filled is like having our sail full mast. And the wind of the Holy Spirit is propelling us and filling us and moving us to the life that he desires us to go. So our obedience is to be submitted to him. How does faith work? This is an interesting one. We really like to complicate this one in the church. But it's not complicated. Here's how faith works. Are you ready? I mean, here's your mind. It's going to go. Faith works. God speaks. We hear it. We trust his word and we act on it. We've tried to confuse the things of God to a point that we think this is unattainable. That, that we like to use this as an excuse of saying, well, you just don't have enough faith. Your faith works. It comes from hearing the message, and the message by the word of Christ. So the, the scripture and the Holy Spirit is telling us who we are in Christ. It's giving us a clear indication of, of, of how much we're loved and what our clear command to go and do is. So God doesn't want to shroud himself in mystery, and he's going to say, this is what I want you to do, and we act on it obediently. It's just like our parents. We, we had a choice to listen to what they said, right? But how many of us would still love in every situation to have somebody tell us, here's what I'd like for you to do? That's the hard part about becoming a grown-up. Now, I have my parents, and I can call them up, and I can get advice, but there's things that, that they, and sometimes the advice is simply this. You're going to have to make the decision. As a leader in this church, there are some things that I, I just wish someone else would make the decision for me. I'm like, God, why, can't you just like tell me? I mean, this is hard. 
And God's like, this is why I've called you to be a man of God. And you've got to make the decision. You've heard me clearly, and that's your choice what you want to do. And at the end of the day, I'd rather stand before God and say, I did what you said to do. It wasn't easy. It wasn't always fun. But it brought you glory in everything that we do. Because everything that God calls us to do may be impossible on the surface. But it's for his best. It's for his glory and our good. He's going to decide what is best. And faith is only as good as the object that, you, that, that it's, it's in. Many of you did not. I, don't, I doubt, well, maybe there might be a few of you cynics in here. Maybe you came in and looked at these chairs and thought, I don't know about that. And you start sitting down, and you're kind of easing your weight down. You're like, oh, I don't, is it there? Is it there? Is it there? Is it there? And then you finally get all your weight in, and you're like, it's supporting me. It's holding me. Your faith was in the object of that chair, that it would hold you up. Faith is only as good as the object. Now, you did not find it, but I cut the leg on one of these chairs. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. God will hold us up every time. Now understand this, even if he lets us fall, it's the best. It's for his glory and our good. Everything that I read in scripture about God is he's trustworthy, he's faithful, he's true, he's noble, he's pure, he's holy, he's righteous. When I put my faith in that, that will sustain whatever he asks me to do. It will sustain everything. So there's three words in this, in this little passage that, that I want to kind of sum up here. The three words are substance, evidence, and witness. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen uh, was not made out of what is visible. This idea of substance. Some translations, faith is a substance. Faith is the evidence and the substance. So substance is kind of means to stand under. We don't manufacture faith. Faith comes from God. Faith comes from hearing God, hearing His Word. And He starts to build that foundation that we begin to walk on, that we begin to live on, that we begin to move through life, that we begin to make decisions on. And so it means to support. It's like the foundation of the house. We made the joke about the chairs, but you really hope the foundation of your house is secure. It gives you the faith to walk in. And, and that, that faith begins, think of it this way, faith is the confidence of things hoped for. That substance in your life gives you the confidence to walk boldly in the things that God has called you to do. That begins to become the foundation. And when you understand the foundation God has laid for your life, it is solid rock, my friend. It's, it's not the sand. God calls us to walk in confidence because He is trustworthy. He is the substance of which everything can be based on. The second one is... Um, Evidence. We like to think of evidence as something that we can show as proof. Like, what evidence do you have? Well, let me present exhibit A. Evidence really literally translates in this context to mean conviction. 
So there's substance that we stand on that brings conviction for what God is calling us to do. It's this inward conviction. It's the Holy Spirit telling us that what God promised, He will perform. And I love this because we're, we're, we're looking at this right before God launches in to the list of those as, as you kind of walk down this hall of fame of faith. And then the third word is witness. King James Version actually says to obtain a good report or obtained a good report. Here's what happens. Uh, faith is the substance that we stand on. It undergirds everything in our relationship. It undergirds everything in our life which brings a conviction to follow God wholeheartedly, which brings a conviction to propel us towards things that are holy. And then there's a witness about our life. Hebrews 11 is God giving witness to men and women who live their life according to the promise set before them, that what God said he would do, he would do. What's interesting is we go through and you read the names of these people that by faith stepped out. By faith, Enoch. I mean, just look at the beginnings of paragraphs. By faith, Enoch. By faith, Noah. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Abraham, even though he was past his age. And he talks about the birth. He goes on and on and on and on. By faith, Isaac. And then I love when it gets down to about 30 29 and 30, by faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell. And after the people had marched around them for seven days, by faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? I don't have time to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouth of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the swords, whose weaknesses was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. We love to stop right there, don't we? That's all the good. That's I stepped on faith and lions' mouths were shut. I stepped on faith and armies were routed. I stepped on faith and the dead came back to life. I stepped on faith and God did what he said he would do. Some faced jeers. Others were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in the deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. God has planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Man, could you imagine the God of the universe writing in the Word of God, this book that stands for all time, these names of the faithful, and generations and generations and generations of people come back to this to see the faithfulness of God? I was thinking this week in my office, what is God going to say? What, what, what witness is God going to give for the creek? 
And I hope he says they were a church that stayed fully committed to me. They stayed humble. They stayed focused on the mission of, of making the person and work of my son Jesus very clear to a world that so needs to hear that they're loved. That they were a church that embraced each other with the unity of the Holy Spirit and the love that can only come from me. I pray that he says of the church, the creek stepped out. They charged the gates of hell and the gates of hell could not prevail against them. There's a lot of things I hope that God says as witness about us as a church. What about getting it personal? What do you hope he says about you? There's a lot of things I hope he says about me that's not even associated with the church. Most of all, the witness I want to hear when I stand before him is, good job, son. You did exactly what I asked you to do. And you did it with all your heart. And you did it with all your might. You did it with all your strength. You did it with all your soul. And you didn't do it under your own power because it was my power at work in you. Good job, son. Good job, girl. That's what I hope to be commended for. That's the witness I want. I don't need people on the sidelines cheering me on saying, you go, Matt. I need my Father God saying, good job. I want everything in my life to please Him. The only way I can do that is by faith. To trust and be obedient that what He has promised, He will perform. Faith enables us to see what others can't see. Faith enables us to see what God has called us to do. When others can't see it, when others can't understand it, when others can't comprehend it, vision comes from God. A dream comes from me. I can daydream about the things that I want, but the vision comes from God. It's a difference in source. You want the difference between a vision and a dream? It's the source. A vision is from God, a dream that of, a, of an accomplishment we want, it's from me. Because very rarely do my dreams come from a holy place. They come from myself, which is broken. Look at, look at what these, when you think about faith demonstrated, um, look at the elements of their faith. Everybody listed in Hebrews 11. Here's some elements. God spoke, they were stirred. There was something in them that calls them and they begin to listen and then they obeyed God and then God bore witness about them. It's kind of like God spoke to them. They were like, okay, God, I hear you. I'm going to do it. They did it. And then God came back and said, this is what I told them to do. And they did it. That's comforting. So what about us? How do we demonstrate our faith? We demonstrate it simply by hearing God, obeying God, and walking in faith. Seeing it through to the end. So, so let's bring this back to the, the, our foundations campaign. Everything about our campaign is, is growing in faith and building on love. How in this campaign are we hearing God? How are we obeying God? And how are we walking it out to the end? We have people that a year ago made a three-year commitment. And today is an anniversary. Today is, a day, today is a day to be celebrated. We have people in our church that have come in since, this, since last November. We've had incredible growth since November of last year. And, and we want to offer you that opportunity to, to walk in faith alongside of us. And, and when we speak specifically about 
giving. Let me, let me just kind of walk through this with you. There's three levels of giving. There's what can I afford? And I'm, I'm just going to be blunt. If, if, you, if you don't know me, um, I encourage you to walk with me. If you know me, you know I'm not going to nickel and dime you. I'm going to lay it out, and you got to hear from God. you got to obey God, and you got to walk it out. I wouldn't ask you to do anything my family hasn't done. We've prayed about it. We've heard from God, and we're walking it out. We're being obedient. So what can I afford? There's very little faith at this level. It's like, what can I give to God without changing anything in my lifestyle? The second level is, what can I trust God to do through me? There's a little more faith in this. It's not so much sacrifice. It's more, hey, God, um, let me, let me, let me, let me, I'm sorry, the second level is what can I sacrifice? What can I give up to give to God? The third level requires much more faith. What can I trust God to do through me? That God, I have to be totally submitted to you. I have to be hearing you. I have to be obedient to you. And and let me encourage you with this. God's not going to ask you to do anything that's going to put you in the jeopardy. If God is, if if you hear God telling you to do something, God's faithful to do it through you. Don't get caught up in emotionalism here. Don't get caught up in, oh, I want to be able to do, do the most. Get caught up in hearing God and being obedient with what God calls you to do. This isn't a pressure deal. There's no pressure in this. I told you where my, my hope and my source is. Here's what God told me at the end of, the, end of our uh, series last year. Whatever it is, it'll be enough. I'm not dependent on people for that to be enough. I'm dependent on the God of the universe. That's the substance I stand on. I believe if God wants it done, he'll cover it. He's going to call us to be good managers with it, but he's going to take care of it. So let me show you this commitment card, and then we're going to, we're going to spend some time praying together. So um, this is a two-year card. Those of you who last year filled that out, if you filled it out last year, let me, let me kind of help you. There's a couple things. If you're new to foundations and, and you are hearing from God, and you want to make a two-year commitment, then you can fill that out now. If you want to step away and pray about this, step away and pray about this, and you can make a commitment. You don't have to make a commitment. Making a commitment isn't dependent on anything other than what you decide between you and the Lord. And you got to do it cheerfully. That's the old caveat. Because God says, don't bring it begrudgingly. Be happy when you follow me. And so you can fill out that campaign. For those of you who who uh, filled out a commitment card last year, you can do a couple things. You can do nothing, and your commitment stays the same. If you need to up that pledge, you can up that pledge. And, and here's the thing. If, if there are circumstances, and, and this is going to get into a lot of theological stuff, and I'm not going to go there this morning, but if you feel like you need to decrease that pledge, then do so. I would rather you walk to a finish line than drop out of a race. And it's not about money. It's about, man, God may be stretching you a little bit. So those are, the, those are the things that I want you to do. If you just want to write on there that nothing's changing, you're welcome to do that. We've got it all on the computer. You can give weekly, monthly, annually. You can write in a schedule on that card, however you want. If you're like, I'm going to give every third Thursday. If you're going to give every first Thursday when we go to Agape, however you want to do that. Um, or you can do a one-time gift. You can do the envelopes. You can do online giving. Our online giving is transitioned to CCB, and you can do that online. You can set it up on a recurring schedule, however you want to do it. Here's what I want to do. I want to spend this last minute praying. 
And I, just just bear with me on this. If you'd bow your heads real quick, I, I know we're we're getting close. But Ryan, why don't you come up and play? And um, but bow your heads. There's a couple things I want us to kind of go through in prayer. I I want you. And if you're married, you know, hold your spouse's hand. And I want us to pray for a a couple things. I want you to pray in the quietness of your moment. And and if your spouse is there, you can whisper in each other's ears or or pray however you feel comfortable praying with each other. But but pray for this journey. And uh, pray for peace and God's presence because he's going to lead you with peace. for the leaders of the creek. Pray for me. I I ask you to pray for me. In the last year, I've never experienced more spiritual attack than I've experienced even when we launched the church. In the last three months, it's been the most intense spiritual warfare I think I've ever engaged in. That's because just as much as we have the Holy Spirit speaking to us to go forward and be obedient. We have an enemy that wants to steal, he wants to kill, and he wants to destroy the work of God. We have an enemy that wants to come against our families. We have an enemy that wants to come against our health. We have an enemy that wants to start to chip away at the foundations of our faith. And I ask you to pray for me. I ask you to pray for your own home, your own marriage. If you're not married, Pray for God to put a hedge of protection around you in temptation. Pray for God to put a hedge of protection around you in the areas of vulnerability. You know what they are. Pray for the people sitting in this room with you. You may not even know their names, but they're your brothers and your sisters. They're part of the body of Christ. Pray for the people that are going to be sitting in the next two services today. You may only come to the morning or the early service, but there's two other services of people that you may not know, but they are your brothers and sisters in Christ, and they they belong to your church too. Pray for them. As I said, our growth has been incredible even since last November. There are new people that God has brought to the creek. And you know what? There are thousands of people in our area that don't know Jesus, that aren't connected to a church home, that don't realize that the God of the universe created them for purpose, that Jesus took on flesh, came to earth, was a sacrifice, an atoning sacrifice on the cross. And his resurrection brought victory over death, the grave sin and a reconciliation for us with our Father. There are people that live within minutes of where we stand now that have not yet been freed by the gospel. Pray for them. Just as God brought you through these doors to be a part of the creek at the right time, He will do so with other people. 
pray for those people even right now. Some of them may still be sleeping this morning. Pray for them. Pray over this card. I know it's a piece of paper, but it represents a commitment. And it doesn't represent a financial pledge. It represents a spiritual process with God of trusting Him with everything you've got. We're all giving different amounts, but God calls us to equal levels of obedience and sacrifice. So pray over this. And I'm going to give you a few minutes to continue to pray, and, and we're going to sing a little bit. And um, What I want you to do is, is when you've filled out that card, just fold it. And on your way out, drop it in that giving station. Marine Creek Church is located in Fort Worth, Texas. If you have any questions, feel free to visit our website at www.marinecreekchurch.com. Thank you.